Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you're interested in learning more, visit our website at southcities.church. I like the new intro. Good job, Ethan. It's great. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Great. Good. Enthusiastic. <clears throat> Good. All right. Well, Dave is here. Stacy's here. Daniel's still in Ohio, so I'm hosting again. As much as I try not to host, it always happens. It keeps coming back to you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, all right. So um, week four of our topical uh, January series, we've done the word, we've done prayer. Last week was ethnic harmony. And uh, Dave preached on that. And then this week is Sanctity of Life. So I guess the first question, last week was ethnic harmony. Does this week, uh, Sanctity of Life, tie in with ethnic harmony at all? Are they related at all? What would you say? Dave just pointed at Stacy. Yes. (laughs) All right, how? Well, if we kind of broaden out like the topics of... um, the sanctity of life, you know, all life being valuable Mm -hmm. and living in harmony with people that are different than us, whether because of their skin color or culturally, it all comes back to we're all made in God's image um, of equal dignity and value Mm -hmm. and worth. And so that, I think you guys have talked about this before, but it, that is the encompassing category, I think for both of these topics Yep. Yeah, I think to just continue what Stacy was saying would just be to say that um, even last year when we preached just an image of God sermon, it was so easy to preach these things right next to each other because, um, and, and and I and, and I think I think it's really so yeah. Like last year we did them both in one sermon, right? We did just yeah. because mm, of a t- right. it was a timing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that. What's really interesting is that you you often have um, particular groups of people, which this is okay, that are really, really passionate about uh, sanctity of life and the unborn. It's a good thing to be passionate about. The Bible speaks to it clearly. You've often got another group of people who are very passionate about ethnic harmony, and the Bible speaks to it. Good to be passionate about that. But I've found even in my time uh, pastoring that those are normally not the same people and normally a little bit different representation of those things. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about it is they really, uh, to Stacy's point, really the, the deepest answer to how believers should deal with those is, is deal with all people as made in God's image. Um, and I think that the way I tried to start my sermon last week, and I know you're going to go there, again, is that uh, we're people, you know, under the word, so we want to obey the word. The word so clearly teaches that we're made in God's image. And as those redeemed by Jesus and filled with the spirit, we want our minds and our hearts to be aligned with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that uh, being able to positively say we, we believe abortion is an affront to the image of God, and we believe... Uh, racism is an affront to the image of God. The logic there is clear, right? I mean, it's. I think. I think it's pretty. Yep. It's. It's not hard for people to understand that. Um, and yet, oftentimes, those issues are almost cast on one side of the 
aisle or the other, if I can even say it that way. Sure. And I just want to say as, as Christians, we don't want to be governed or governed or segmented by any side of the aisle or any news outlet or any we want to we want the word of God shape and orient our hearts and our affections and our actions and that's why we talk about these things. Yep. And I think it's why we talk about them right by each other. Yeah. So, I mean, sanctity of life, it's often and traditionally talked about most closely in relation to abortion, right? And the dignity of and worth of the unborn and why they should be protected. And that's great. And so we're definitely going to hit that this week um, for sure. Um, but kind of what we're saying is that sanctity of life goes broader than that. It's not just about abortion. It's about everyone made in the image of God uh, and worth of worth dignity and value. And so then that that kind of that shapes how we view, you know, all of the weak and the forgotten uh, people who society is, it's easy to cast them out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this week in the, in the sermon, I, we're, we're recording this before Sunday, but just a little bit of a preview of where I'm going to go is we're going to start in Genesis one again <clears throat> and see that God created man and woman, ma- male and female in his image. And then it says right after that, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So image of God is followed right after that with be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So God's plan is to create man and woman in his image and then for man and woman to fill the earth with his image as reflections of his glory. So God is, God is wanting to fill the earth through humans with his image and glory, which means that the image of God is about God's glory. It's about worship of him and recognizing this is all about God. Um, and so that's, that's how it was meant to happen. It's supposed to be filled with God's glory throughout the world when we, whenever we see another human being. But... That got broken. Genesis 3 happened. And so now we're prone to discard the, the uh, image of God when we worship other things, when idolatry comes up in our hearts. And so we, we idolize things like convenience, right? You know, or self-autonomy or um, things like pride or uh, pleasure, things like that. When those things become idols, then we, our worship is misplaced and therefore we discard the image of God in humans. And that can only be replaced when we see our fellow image bearers as reflecting God's glory and mm-hmm. our worship is mm-hmm. made right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're going. It, it's it, The image of God is really has a lot to do with our worship. Mm-hmm. We're worshiping God and therefore valuing his image in other people or we're not, right? Mm-hmm. And that can hit a whole host of issues, right? right. So... Psalm 139, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And then it says, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. So right there, Mm -hmm. image of God leading to praise. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you think of like James 127, which says true religion is taking care of orphans and widows in their distress. And that's an image of God issue. Mm -hmm. So so I, I guess a natural question then is, you know, this is this can be a, a sensitive topic, right? A, a topic that has a lot of baggage for people, a topic where there's been, you know, past hurts and past things that have happened. How should we 
think about these things and stand on the truth of rightly placed worship and the image of God while also being a place where people can be, you know, honest about their past and, you know, baggage and mistakes and hurts and things like that. What would you, how, how do we balance those things? Um, just an initial answer, even just from last week's sermon at the, in James 2, is that I think that those who have been saved by mercy and therefore operate under the law of liberty, which I think is the law that says I'm free now to, I'm free to obey. Mm-hmm. And so we stand on the truth of God's word and we ask God to conform us to it and we feel the freedom to obey. But because we've been saved by mercy, we don't just go, well, so if you're not or you haven't in the past, we want to shame you and beat you up for it. Rather, uh, as those who have been freed by free grace and free mercy to now freely live for Jesus, we want to say to those who, for example, have participated in abortion in one way or another or who, you know, any any other number of ways that maybe there's, maybe there's racism in their past. Maybe there's... Uh, harmful neglect of people in their past. There's, you know, who knows mm-hmm. what, what could be in someone's past. We want to say to them, hey, uh, I've been saved by mercy and you can't out the mercy of God in mm-hmm. Christ. And we, I hope we're a place that doesn't, you know, the, the contrast I said last week was the mercy of God to help us move towards other people in mercy, not stand over them in judgment because there's one judge. Right. And so I pray that we would just be a place that would say, hey, we've received mercy. <laughs> We're bathed in mercy. We want to be led back to Jesus over and over again, away from our sin and towards him. But the way that's going to happen is by by mercy and mercy ex- and the mercy of God himself experienced in the family of God. Mm-hmm. So that as, as someone comes forth with this shameful thing and they're met with mercy, yeah. that's not just... Um, that's not just like, oh, this person was nice to me. That's good. That kind of reminds me of God. It's, you know, that is God's mercy for them in that moment being expressed to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stacey, you have any thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I was even just thinking of the life of Jesus. Like, how did he respond to people who came to him, you know, out of um, suffering or, you know, like broken bodies or out of sin? You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of him with like the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And he you know, spoke truth to her, but it was in love and he received her and, um, you know, all kinds of other examples in the gospels. The woman that's a sinner and he lifts her head. Yes. And, and, you know, or even the example of like the person, the woman they were going to stone and he who is without, you know, sin cast the first stone and, um, whoever comes to him, he'll receive. And so, um, I think it just goes back to that mercy thing that you were saying, Um, but we've experienced his mercy and just wanting to extend that to others. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that you've done that's too bad Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. him to forgive. Um, and so just wanting to receive that for ourselves and then extend that to others. Mm. Yep. And I think it too, it, when you have this, you know, the image of God is meant to lead to worship of God. When you have that mindset, it just changes how you see people, um, both inside and outside the church. So inside the church, you know, we talk, you know, mm-hmm. you've received mercy. So there's no judgment met with the, with Christ, everything you guys just said outside the church, you look at people who disagree with us and, um, and who are promoting things like abortion and, you know, my, my choice 
And when you realize that they're made in God's image and they don't have the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they're without Christ, without hope. And they, so like, what do we expect (laughs) Mm -hmm. for them? And so it kind of just, it's this subtle mind sh- mindset shift. Not that we agree with what they're saying or that we don't want to stand for truth, but we look on them with compassion because they need the hope of the gospel and they need the Holy Spirit. And so that kind of just changes the tone with which we interact on these issues and with we, we interact with image bearers who don't have mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you were talking, I've never thought of it this way before, um, but maybe a way to say everything you just summed up is, what the you know the dividing line between let's just use the march for life mm-hmm. that's going to happen the dividing line between those that will be there marching for life and um, well and, and granted there's all sorts of people that do that that aren't believers too mm-hmm. um, just a common grace thing but the believers there that are going to stand up for life and there will be some picketers there that are uh, standing against those other people and, mm-hmm. and the the line between believer and unbeliever church and world. The line is not actually the truth. Mm-hmm. The line is mercy. Yeah. So the truth is the truth. <laughs> yeah. The truth is the truth. Right. Because uh, God determines what's true. And the difference between me and them is not I have the truth and they don't. Mm-hmm. The difference between me and them is mercy because yeah. God is in his mercy revealed the truth to me that I can receive it and submit to it and love it and care about it. And so, again, if that's that's how that happened then I think my heart just has to want that for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. You know, versus, oh, I have it here and I want to I want to stand over you and I want to rail at you and I want to, you're really angry and mean and mad at in all these ways, so I'm going to do that back. That's just so, that's acting like we have something that we just haven't received by grace and by mercy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's actually insanity to do that and be a Christian. Right, mm-hmm. that's good. And I think knowing that they are looking for hope and meaning in their life, like mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. everybody as a human wants that and is mm-hmm. looking for something mm-hmm. to have that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're searching for it, you know, in not the right places. And mm-hmm. yep. um, and so I think there can be compassion for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, it comes down to, it's an invitation to true worship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So right. they're looking for, to worship all these idols that are never gonna satisfy. And yeah. what we say is come back to worship of God and then re- realize that image of God is reflected in your fellow humans and mm-hmm. act accordingly. That's so that's, that's the message. It's not of condemnation. It's not of fear. It's not of shaking our fists at the world. Mm-hmm. It's come to true worship and then act accordingly, seeing God yeah. and his image in our fellow, our fellow humans. Mm-hmm. It's great. Anything else guys? All right, thanks.